First, we come to the series of our plays about the life of Jesus by Lord Peter Whimsey creator Dorothy L. Sayers, first broadcast in 1975. It's the Feast of Tabernacles. Jesus' life is in danger and the apostles are anxious. be king. A cycle of plays on the life of Jesus Christ. The sixth play, The Feast of Tabernacles. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he would not walk in Jewry, because the Jews sought to kill him. Now the Feast of Tabernacles was soon to begin in the temple at Jerusalem. Will there be anything more, most venerable? Hmm? No, the preparations for the feast seem to be well in hand. Uh, no, wait. One more thing. Call in the captain of the temple guard. Captain Elihu, you are wanted by the high priest. Ah, yes, captain. This man, Jesus of Nazareth, you know him by sight? Yes, my lord. I understand he is now in Nazareth but he may try to come up to Jerusalem for the feast. If so, I want him stopped before he enters the city. Set a watch on the road, will you, and detain him? Very good. Uh, on what charge? Hmm? Well, blasphemy, sorcery, sedition, anything you like. I don't want to have to arrest him in the middle of the feast. There'll probably be a riot. Catch him before he has time to work up public sympathy or make inflammatory speeches. By the way, Hezekiah. Yes, most venerable. Didn't I see a carriage standing before the Roman governor's house? Is Pilate in Jerusalem? I think it's only his wife come up on some business or other. Yes, that would be just as bad. We can't afford a disturbance. All right, Captain. You know what you have to do. The high priest's orders shall be obeyed. And when the time of the Feast of Tabernacles drew near, the brethren of Jesus came unto him where he abode in Galilee. If you'll wait just a moment, I'll find out if he can see you. James, where's Jesus? Who wants him? Those relations of his are here again. Joseph and Simeon. Oh, very well, Judas, I'll tell him. Master! They want to know if we're going up to the feast with them. Are we, Matthew? Oh, I shouldn't think so. Well, it's too big a risk. 
It's a great pity. I, I like the Feast of Tabernacles. The harvest, Thanksgiving, and all the little tents built of green boughs and everybody camping out in them. Yes. And the temple services, you know, the pouring of the water, and the great gold candlesticks lit up in the women's court. That's pretty, I call it. Yes, yes, but for heaven's sake, don't encourage Jesus to go. Who, me? That's a nice way to talk. It's not for me to tell the master what he's to do. Besides, I tell you, it's too dangerous. Yes, so it is, but not in the way you mean. In what way? Uh, never mind, I can't go into all that now. Now, look here, Judas. I know you're a lot cleverer than what we are, but I do wish you wouldn't always try to run everybody. Well, you needn't take it like that. The master can manage his own affairs, see? I mayn't understand a lot about it, but I do understand that much. We just got to trust him. And anything he says is right. I'm not trying That's to... That's the way I look at it. Yeah, but look, hadn't we better understand. let these people in? It's not our house, you know. It looks a bit funny leaving them out there on the porch. As you like. I'll tell them. Oh, very gracious, I must say. Morning, gentlemen. Uh, come in, won't you? James Bar Zebedee's gone to look for the rabbi. Good morning. Good morning, Matthew Bedlevi. I hope we are not unwelcome. Oh, no, not at all, not at all. Uh, of course, uh, we try not to disturb the master if he's at his prayers or anything. But naturally, any relation of his... Uh, uh, here he is. Peace be unto you, Joseph and Simeon. We came to ask whether you had changed your mind about coming up with us to the feast. No, Simeon, I have not changed my mind. Now, do be reasonable. You really ought to show yourself in Judea. I left Judea because my life was threatened. What else can you expect if you hide away in this corner of Galilee? Naturally, the authorities think you are hatching conspiracies. People who have nothing to conceal go about openly. You were seen at the feast as a pious, respectable Jew under the protection of your own family. Last time then... you offered me the protection of my family, you were anxious that I should come home and stay there. That was when the people were saying you were... well, out of your mind. At least you made your mother anxious about you. We were all very much worried. And you behaved very ungratefully. You refused to see us. And we heard that you had spoken very unkindly. You said your disciples meant more to you than your family. No, Simeon. I said that everyone who did the will of my father in heaven was brother and sister and mother to me. That's just playing with words. Everybody who will hear God's word and do it, like these disciples of mine, they have faith in me, but you, my own family, have none. I have a great deal of faith in you. Have you, Joseph? Yes. I believe in your great mission and your wonderful gifts, but I agree with Simeon that you should come up to Jerusalem and assert your claims openly. Of course you should. You are trying the faith of your followers rather high. Show your works and your teaching to the world, and they will have more confidence in you. You've no right to talk to him like that. How do you mean? We no have right? perfect confidence in the master. That's right. Just that the right do, James. Say. Keep your temper. <sighs> well, we needn't argue about it. But we're setting out for the feast tomorrow, and for the last time, Jesus, we beg you to change your mind and travel with us to Jerusalem. I cannot go with you, Joseph. It is not the right time. Not the right time. What time could be better? It's a great occasion, and you would draw a great audience. And we should be there to support you. All times are right for you. The world is your friend. But it hates me because I bear witness against its evil ways. Playing with words and Listen, you go up to the feast tomorrow. But for me, the time is not yet fully come. Jesus, I'm only speaking for your own good. Do think again. Ah, it's no use wasting words, Joseph. Come on, we'd better be getting on. Goodbye. I think you are asking for trouble. Well, that's that, Master. 
I'm glad you made that decision. So am I. Not but what I like the Feast of Tabernacles. But uh, it ain't safe, dear master, really. I mean, not safe for you. You're not afraid for yourself. Me? <laughs> they wouldn't bother about me. No, I wasn't thinking of that. That's good, because we are going up to Jerusalem. What? We are? Yes. But not with them. And not yet. How, then? Quietly by ourselves. And without making any public announcement. Children, do you understand? We are expected in Jerusalem. And we have to make sure that we get there. Say nothing to anybody. But be ready to start when I tell you. Master, when will that be? When God appoints the time. Now, at this time, Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea. Was the bath to your ladyship's liking? Yes, thank you. You're not too hot? Not at all. Uh, will you have your massage now? Yes, please. Uh, your ladyship's usual attendant is ill, I'm sorry to say, but... We have a new woman, a Sarah Phoenician, who's very good. All the ladies like her. And that will do quite well, as long as she has good hands. Oh, I'm sure you will be pleased with her, madam. You nicey? Yes, madam Rebecca. Come here, girl. Listen, you nicey. I want you to do your very best. This is the governor's wife, the Lady Claudia Procula. Oh, the Lady Claudia Procula? Yes, child. <gasps> I will try to satisfy your ladyship. I'm not hard to please. You have a nice, cheerful face. I like that. There's a little pain in my back. See if your hands can charm it away. Now, if you will stretch yourself out on this marble here. <laughs> like this? Yes, madam. Now, I will begin with my hands very gently. How's that? Oh, lovely, you and I see. Just keep doing that. Mm. Where do you come from, child? I live near Sidon, madam. My husband was a bath attendant there, but he died a year ago. Oh, I'm sorry. So I came to Jerusalem thinking to get a little more money, as I have a small daughter to keep. You're young to have lost your husband. Oh, your little girl must be a great comfort to you. Oh, she is now, madam. How are my hands on your back? Mm. Oh, most comforting, you nicey. Oh, lovely. Oh, while you do that, tell me all about your daughter. Oh, madam, she used to be my greatest grief. She never was quite normal and had fits, poor little soul. People said she was possessed. But last spring... She was healed by a most wonderful miracle. Indeed? And to what god or goddess did you pray? <laughs> oh, to all of them, madam. I had prayed many years in vain. And who wrote the miracle then? Madam, a Jewish prophet. A Jewish prophet? And you a Greek? I thought the Jews would have nothing to do with the Greeks. Oh, I thought so too. But this man had a great reputation, and I was determined to try if ever I got the chance. So one day, I... Oh, but I, I am wearying your ladyship. No, no, go on. The massage can wait. Well, one day, he, he passed through our town, and I ran after him, calling for help. His disciples tried to drive me away, but, oh, I was desperate. 
and pushed my way through to him, crying, Sir, sir, have pity on me. They said, Send her away, master. She keeps on pestering us. And he looked at me and never said a word. So I, I fell at his feet and implored him to heal my baby. Then he spoke rather sternly. I am not sent to you, but only to the sons of Israel. Oh, sir, I said, do please help me. But he answered, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Oh, cruel. Oh, that's what the Jews call us, heathen dogs. But his voice, madame, was not cruel. He looked at me with a sort of challenge. I thought, oh, I, I must say the right thing quick. So I said, that's true, sir, what you say, that it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the children's table. <laughs> oh, madame. Madame, you, you, you should have seen how his face lit up. Well done, he said. Your faith and your wit have saved your daughter. Go home now. She is healed. So I, I, I ran to the house and there she was, as fit and bunny as a child could be. Oh, how wonderful. Oh, it is, madame. Ah, now, may I continue to massage your back? Oh, thank you, you nicey. I should like to see that prophet you told me about. Well, madame, the Jews' feast of tabernacles begins tomorrow. They say he is expected. It lasts eight days, and, and on one of them he is pretty sure to be preaching in the temple. I will make inquiries. What is the prophet's name? Let me see. I think they call him Jesus of Nazareth. Well, Captain, have you laid hands on Jesus Bar Joseph? Uh, no, my lord, High Priest. How's that? He didn't arrive. Got the wind up very likely. We pulled in a bunch of his friends and relatives and questioned them. They said he refused to come. Well, that saves trouble. Are we to go on guarding the roads? No. The feast has begun. He's not likely to come now. Very well, my lord Caiaphas. James. John. Are you awake? Is that you, Simon Peter? Hmm. Yes. I can't sleep for thinking. Nor I. I must talk about it to somebody. But the others were around us all the evening. And he said we weren't to tell them. Shh, speak low or you'll wake them. Oh, James, can't we slip up on the roof a moment? I'm afraid of disturbing my brother John. He's asleep on my shoulder. I was asleep. Peter tripped over my foot. You were asleep? Yes. Why not? Now go on up, Peter. We'll come. Hmm. Where's the ladder? It's about three paces to your left. Oh. You, you'll have to step over Thomas.
brought our cloaks. Look at the stars. Spread above the earth like a robe of glory. But nothing to compare with the glory we saw today in the mountain. No. Tell us, Simon Peter, what did you see? Was it the same for the three of us? I was tired with the climb. I watched him for a time as he stood and prayed, never speaking, never moving, with his face towards Jerusalem, as though he saw nothing but some strange inward vision that held him entranced. I tried to pray too, but no thoughts would come. It seemed to go on forever. As though time had stopped. I think I lost myself a little there in the silence because the next thing I knew was a great terror as though I was drowning in it. And when I looked at his face it was not of this earth. It was... It was like... It's a thing I dare not think of. Don't, Peter. We saw it too. And his garments, whiter than the light, the way no fuller on earth could whiten them. And those two others were with him. They spoke together, but I couldn't tell what they said. The glory was upon them both. And I knew them for the blessed Moses that talked with God in Sinai and holy Elijah who passed up to heaven in light and fire. And it seemed that what I saw was the reality and the earth and the sky only a dream. Yet I knew all the time that the sun was shining and I could feel the rough stem of the heather between my fingers. I'd lost touch with everything except John's hand in mine. Dear James, I felt you. But as though we were children again, do you remember? When the great thunderbolt fell and I was frightened. Oh, John. My little brother, John. Well, it's you now that stand between me and fear. I was afraid too. Peter was the bravest. He spoke. Oh, yes, I spoke, but such nonsense. I thought the vision was departing. I remember calling out, Lord! It's good to be here. Can't we build three tabernacles for you and Moses and Elijah and all stay like this forever? So stupid. But I didn't know what I was saying. I thought of the ark in the wilderness and the glory of the Lord in the pillar of fire, all mixed up somehow with the holy city and the feast of tabernacles. And then... And then the fire and the light were all about us. And the voice, was it without us or within? And was it a voice at all? It filled everything. There was nothing in the world but the voice. This is my beloved son. Hear him. And after that... Nothing. Only the hills and the sky and Jesus standing there alone and... Holding out his hand. Mm. And I was afraid to touch him. 
But he was just the same, as though nothing had changed in him. I think the change was not in him, but in us. I think we'd seen him for a moment, as he always is. But why should this wonder have been shown to us? You and I, John, we, we'd angered him so the night before. Perhaps it was a sign of forgiveness. He said once, do you remember, that there was more joy in heaven over one who had sinned and was sorry than over 99 good men who had never felt the need for repentance? Yes, perhaps that was it. Yes. But what did he mean by the thing he said afterwards, that, that we were to tell nobody what we'd seen, not even the rest of the 12, until after the Son of Man was risen from the dead? Oh, James, I know. That frightened me more than anything. The Son of Man, that's himself. He's often called himself that, but risen from the dead. He's spoken sometimes lately as though he might die before long. But that would be unbearable. Those men in Jerusalem have threatened to kill him. And he's walking straight into the danger. I dare not ask him what he sees ahead. Simon Peter, you who spoke so boldly when we were both afraid, can't you ask him what he means? No. No, I couldn't do that. Once before, when he spoke of his death, I, I rebuked him, and he silenced me with words I shall never forget. He didn't say, after I'm dead. He said, after the Son of Man is risen from the dead. The Sadducees say there is no resurrection, but we're taught that the dead will rise someday, but... When? At the end of the world? Is our story never to be told till God reveals all secrets? I don't know. But he spoke as though the time were not very far off. Perhaps the end of the world is quite near. <sighs> when we came down from the mountain, it was as though the world closed in on us like a gulf. The sun was setting and there were black shadows across the plain. And there were those wretched people with the poor demoniac boy screaming and writhing. And he laid his hands on him and healed him. And even among those shadows there was peace. And it was now about the middle of the feast. And there were many rumors in Jerusalem about Jesus, but the people dared not say much openly for fear of the Jewish authorities. Well, Caiaphas, this is the fourth day of the feast, and so far there's been no trouble. No, Father Ellis, everything has gone very well. You didn't succeed in arresting Jesus of Nazareth. No, Nicodemus, unfortunately, no. But something will have to be done about the man. He has a very bad influence. I've had several complaints from parents that their sons had gone wandering after him instead of staying dutifully at home. 
I don't know what's come over the young people nowadays. He's got hold of a number of the women, too. I don't know what their husbands have to say about it. When respectable women get led away... Some of them aren't at all respectable. There's a woman called Mary of Magdala, with a very bad reputation indeed. She pushed into my house one day when Jesus was there. Your house? How did Jesus of Nazareth come to be in your house? I asked the man to deny. I wanted to see what he was like. This Mary Magdalene came in and made a scene. She wept over his feet, she kissed them, she poured perfume on them and wiped them with her hair, and behaved in the most extravagant ways. Good it was heavens. all very emotional and unpleasant. Did he rebuke her? No, Caiaphas, far from it. He had the impertinence to say that she was only doing what I ought to have done for a guest. That to me, if you please, from the son of a Galilean carpenter. And he crowned it all by telling the woman that her sins were forgiven. Well, really, who does he think he is? I know the woman you mean. Mary Magdalene. She's a dancing girl or something. Where is she living now? In Bethany, with her sister Martha and a brother called Lazarus. I think Jesus stays with them there sometimes. I'll have an eye kept on the house. Isn't it true that since meeting Jesus, this woman, Mary Magdalene, has been a reformed character? That's not the point, Nicodemus. No God-fearing prophet would go about with dancing girls. And as for forgiving them their sins... That's Father Amas is the most sinister part of the business. He claims to forgive sins because he is the son of man. Anybody who uses that title is pretending to be the Messiah, and you know where that leads us. If the people take it up, it means a clash with Rome, and that must be avoided at all costs. Hark, what's that noise in the street? Hmm? Soldiers. Something's happened. I did so hope we should get through the Feast of Tabernacles without a riot. Put your head out to see what it's all about. Hey there, what's happening? Oh, it's all right. That brigand Barabbas has been arrested. They're marching him off to jail. Roman justice has a long arm. I will say for Rome, she may be heathen, but she is certainly efficient. It's as well to keep on the right side of the government. Precisely. That is why I propose to discourage messianic claimants and disturbers of the peace. And why I am devoutly thankful. My lord, high priest! Fellow warrior manners. Jesus of Nazareth is preaching in the temple. What? It would not be becoming in the high priest to use forcible expressions, but I should like to be an Egyptian camel driver for just five minutes. Really, is most provoking. But how on earth did he get there? It doesn't matter. He's got there. Well, if necessary, we must arrest him in the city and chance it. Here, Hezekiah. Yes, my lord. Take this note to the captain of the guard. At once, my lord. My lord, Caiaphas, mm. do you really mean to proceed to extremities against this man? Not at the moment, if I can avoid it. I've merely given orders that Captain Elihu come at once to see me. I shall tell him that we must keep this prophet under close surveillance. But one of these days, I fancy, he will have to be liquidated. But to punish an innocent man for the sins and mistakes of his followers. Brother Nicodemus, your feelings do you honor, but if Rome is offended, our whole nation will suffer for it. Let me tell you this, and one day you may be glad to remember it. It is sometimes expedient that one man should die for the people. Here is Captain Elihu now. You sent for me, my Lord Caiaphas? Yes, Captain. I must have an explanation of this. I thought I'd given you clear orders. 
Why has Jesus not been arrested? My lord, the men refused to do it. Refused? I never heard of such a thing. It's mutiny. Did they offer any reason? Well, my lord, they didn't seem to like the job. Said they'd never heard a man talk like this man. I rather fancy they got it into their heads, if you'll excuse me mentioning it, that this man might be the Messiah. I see. You don't seem very certain about it yourself, Captain. Has this imposter got hold of you, too? Surely it should be enough for you that neither I nor any of the rulers of the synagogue believe in his claims. It's this wretched mob that knows nothing of the law. There's a curse on our people. Does our law condemn a man without proper examination and inquiry? I don't say he is the Messiah, but he may very well be a prophet. Brother Nicodemus, your attitude surprises me. Anybody would think you were a Galilean. Think again. Galilee is not likely to produce a prophet at this time of day. You can go now, Captain. I shall have to think this matter over. Very good, my lord. I don't like this. Nor I. But we can't force an arrest with disaffected troops. What happened to that man, Baruch the Zealot, who undertook to get hold of one of the Nazarene's disciples? He sent in a rather vague report to the effect that the disciple was perfectly sound and had solemnly assured him that no political move was intended. Hmm. I shouldn't trust Baruch too far. My information is that he's retired to the hills with a band of guerrillas and is plotting some kind of coup. I think he's playing a double game. I shouldn't be surprised. In fact, I took the precaution of getting into touch with the disciple myself. Judas Iscariot is the name. I asked him to come and see me, and he's here now. Would you like to question him? Nicodemus. Will you be so good as to ask the man Iscariot to come in? He's in the next room. I will fetch him for you, Caiaphas. Now listen, we must handle this man very carefully because, of course, everything we say will be reported back to Jesus Bar Joseph. Ah, good morning, my man. Your name is Judas Iscariot. It is. You are a follower of Jesus of Nazareth. I am. The Sanhedrin have been disquieted by rumors, no doubt quite unfounded, that your master is engaged in political activities of... Rather indiscreet kind, such as might provoke reprisals from the Roman government. We are very unwilling to believe that this is the case. You may take my word for it. The story is quite untrue. Good. We are glad to hear it. It would be a pity if your charitable work among the poor and so on should be interfered with. But as you know, Rome does not look with favor on group activities which might have a subversive tendency. I understand you. You think my master belongs to the Nationalist Party. You think he might encourage Jury to shake off the Roman yoke. Little you know him. And how little you know of this nation. Rome is the punishment that this people must bear for their sins. Jury is corrupt. And Rome is God's judgment on her. The Roman rod is laid on the sinner's back. And the Roman axe... To the root of the rotten tree. Yes, 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 of course. Does that gall you, my Lord Caiaphas? Gall me? There was a time when the Lord High Priest could give orders in Israel. Today you must cringe to Caesar. That is the measure of your humiliation and of your sin. Father Anna, say something to him. You are insolent. For Israel, as for her Messiah, there is no salvation 
but in the patient enduring of all things. On my word, the disciple is as fanatical as his master. It is at least an original point of view. You speak of the Messiah. Is it true that your teacher claims to be the Christ? He is the Christ. But he is the Messiah, not of an earthly, but of a spiritual kingdom. Quite so. What do you know of a man called Baruch the Zealot? He is a man to beware of. He'd like to get hold of Jesus and make him a tool for political ends. I know that for a certainty, for he approached me in the matter. Ah, thank you. You think your master would not lend himself to such an intrigue? I am confident he wouldn't. There was a moment by the Sea of Galilee when the mob tried to make him king, but he refused. And several times since, he has shown himself proof against temptation. Very laudable, very laudable indeed. But the pitcher may go once too often to the well. The motives of successful demagogues are apt to become less lofty as they go on. If at any time he were to weaken in the spiritual purity of his intention... I should be the first to denounce him. Ah. But he will not weaken. That is very satisfactory. We are glad to be reassured. At the same time, you might give him a hint to be careful. I've already told Your own you. views on the subject of national regeneration are most important and interesting. I think myself that a policy of reconstruction and collaboration with Rome is in the best interests of jury. Collaboration? Thank you. How can you... We need not detain you further. But, my lord... Good morning. Nicodemus, will you kindly show this worthy man out? This way, Judas, if you please. Good day, my lord. Caiaphas, son-in-law, I congratulate you. That man has ideas. People with ideas are always jealous of their leaders. Yes, gentlemen, I think we may say we have now got Jesus of Nazareth where we want him. sent us to picket the temple steps in case of trouble. Praise the gods, this confounded festival's nearly over. Oh, you Roman soldiers are all alike, always grumbling. I hate this provincial service. Too much police work. Give me a good war any day. That you, little dad, Ben Ishmael? Who are you? And what do you want with me? I come from the hills with a message. Do you not recognize me? Baruch the Zealot! Shh, not so loud. Good. I have men and weapons, Baruch. Where's the place? Just here, on the temple steps. What, here among this mob? Yes. If Jesus of Nazareth starts to address the mob, be ready with me to test him by shouting him down till he comes out into the open and declares himself our national leader. I will. Have you got other supporters in the crowd? To back you up. <laughs> Trust me for that. I do, Baru. Make way, you dogs! Make way for the governor's wife! Room for the lady Claudia Procula! Stop the chariot, Rufus. We shall see very well from here. Oh, 
I'm glad I came, Marcy. It was most gracious of your ladyship to bring Rebecca and me. Indeed it was, my lady. Well, now, Rebecca, I do hope we shall see the prophet Eunice was telling you about. Indeed, I hope so, mother. Listen to the singing in the temple. Rebecca, you are a Jewess. What is the meaning of this feast? Madam, it is the Feast of Tabernacles. A festival of water and of light, when we give God thanks for the harvest, for the good rain that swells the corn and the blessed sun that ripens. Oh, Madame, see? See, there is the prophet, just coming through the cloisters into the outer court. There, there, there. Do you see him? Yes, I see him. Jesus of Nazareth. He's going to address the people. If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his heart shall spring a fountain of living water, welling up to eternal life. I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Don't listen to him. He's a deceiver. Listen, you Nazarene prophet. We are the children of Abraham. We were never anybody's slaves. I know you are the seed of Abraham, but you are no true sons of his. We are true-born Israelites, waiting for a leader. We have only one father. We are the children of God. If God were your father, you would love me. For I came forth from God and am sent by God. But you will not hear truth. Because you are not God's children. You hear this fellow? This mad Samaritan heretic? It is death to listen to such talk! Indeed and indeed I tell you, if a man will keep my saying, he shall never see death. Now we know you are a madman. You say that if a man keeps your saying, he shall never taste death. What monstrous claim is this? Who or what do you think you are? If I tell you who I am, it is not to honor myself. My honor comes from my father from him whom you call your God. Your father, Abraham, rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. You are not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? 
Indeed and indeed I tell you, before Abraham was, I am. Blasphemy! Down with the blasphemy! Turn him to death! Turn him to death! You had better get out of this, madam. There's going to be a riot. I'll whip up the horses. Back there! Make way! Stand away from the horses! Stay! Stay! I must be here. We cannot let that man be killed. He's escaped, madam. He slipped away in the confusion. He's quite safe. Oh, my God! Jesus said... Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. The Feast of Tabernacles was the sixth of a cycle of plays on the life of Jesus Christ, the man born to be king. In today's play by Dorothy L. Sayers, you heard Gabriel Wolfe, John Baker, Heron Carvick, Keith Alexander, Alan Wheatley, Nigel Stock and Hayden Jones. With Wilfred Carter, John Westbrook, Janet Burnell, Mary Law, Elizabeth Morgan and Stephen Jack. John Glenn, Edward Atienza, John Wise, Malcolm Hayes, Howison Culfe and Francis DeWolfe. It was dramatised and produced by Raymond Rakes. Tomorrow, Lazarus lives, but is this one miracle too far? The Light and the Life is the seventh play in this series, The Man Born to be King, and it's at the same time tomorrow.